Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a compulsive overeater. I am a real... Scott, we lost you. Scott, I don't know. I don't know if you hit mute on accident or star one to come in. Scott, press star one. Oh, sorry. I got it. It was really good. My name is Scott. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I've been in the program for almost 29 years. I have been absent now coming uh, for close to 21 years. I have been able to release through the through my recovery a little over 361 pounds, and it's the, and I've gotten so much of the freedoms that the Big Book does give us in the ninth step promises. You know, I really you know I had I was concentrating too much on my food when I was growing up, since the age of nine when I was. I first started to overeat. I first started to gain weight a little bit at a time. It never stopped me at that age you know, to take play, you know, to get around, to take place in sports. I, I like baseball. I played baseball for over six years in Little League, junior high school softball, and it never stopped me. But once I got into my teenage years, the weight came on. I was totally obsessed with the food. You know, I would do anything. I, uh, I lied to my parents to get the food. I told them I was hungry when I really wasn't. I stole money from them from my father's pockets and from my mother's pocketbook. And I, and to this day, I was never caught. And it was one of the amends I had to make to them, one of the living amends I had to do. You know, for it, it kept me from doing, but it kept me from doing so many other things, from really enjoying life like anybody else, I couldn't do it because I, because the food came first, living life came after that. I was, you know, I would go to a, you know, I would go to the movies, all I could think of was the concession stand, and I couldn't really enjoy the movie. I would go to an affair such as a wedding, I would see the smorgasbord, and I really felt such a rush, I got so excited by the food, and I would disappear. I would fill myself up, have no room for the for dinner. A second smorgasbord came out, I had the room. And that's exactly where I was going. I cost my parents a lot of money with a larger food bill. I was wearing through my clothes like crazy. I can't tell you how many years, how many pairs of pants I wore through the crotch just to, you know, during my two years of junior high school. And I graduated from a from a children's store to Army and Navy to a big man's and showing up to a catalog. To a catalog. And, you know, and it really had an effect. My teach, I did well in school. My teacher said there's something there that you could do better. It, caught, you know, it, it interfered with the, really with learning. All I want, when I would come home from school, I didn't do my homework. All I wanted to do was sit in front of the TV with a plate of food and zone out. That's all I wanted. You know, that's all I wanted. And during the teenage years when, you know, I had friends, but when everybody was really starting to date and like girls, you know, to like the girls, I, I shied away from it. I had very little dating because I kept thinking, who's going to want to date 
of a man of my size, and it really, you know, it really worked that way. I had, you know, the problems were I had trouble getting a suit for my bar mitzvah, and a year and a half later for my sister's wedding. Because, you know, I had to go to a place in in Lower Manhattan, and I had a husky place, you know, for larger sizes, and they had trouble fitting. Fitting, but we were able to do it. Same thing with the tuxedo. The, the man in the tuxedo place said, larger sizes. And I really didn't like that, but I was so hooked on the food. And I wanted that magic formula to lose the weight. You know, I had developed high blood pressure at an early age. My doctor kept trying to get me to lose the weight. He kept screaming at me for it. And my parents tried anything. They tried bribery, a dollar a pound, until I was getting paid for the same weight loss. I lost weight for a while because I wanted my parents' approval. But they couldn't give me the approval like the food could. You know, like the food, you know, was able to do that. I lost weight for a while. And once I went away for, and when we went away for the summer to a hotel, the food was there. I gained the weight back plus despite a lot of physical activity. Through the teenage, I kept getting weight, you know, I was getting larger and larger weight loss. And, you know, my friends also kept trying to get me to lose weight. They kept kidding me. I I kept hearing all sorts of comments from, you know, classmates in school and even family. They thought they were being funny when they were, when they were really being very hurtful. And, okay, and when I got it, when and I, grew, I just barely graduated high school, I spent a year and a half in college, and stopped and just did not want to do anything. I was so depressed because of the food. Food, you know, I just existed on a seasonal job and unemployment. I was unemployable because there was such a prejudice against the heavy person. Person, but when I wanted to lose the weight. Where else was I going to go? The commercial plant, I figured I could not get weight because I was too heavy. But I acquired the food plant from a commercial plant through my, through my system where they gave you so much food, and I was following the plan. When I found out that I could get a weight in, I joined the plan. I was attending the meetings. I was a little over 400 pounds at that time, and I was losing the weight and feeling pretty good about it. But came a time, but the problem was not just losing the weight. It was keeping it off. I had lost 100 pounds like two or three times and gained it back. I, I lost 200 pounds a couple of times and gained it back. My parents sent me for therapy. It didn't work because I couldn't be honest with myself, let alone being honest with a the therapist. You know, and, I, and I really wasn't going to do anything about it because I was, really wanted the food. But when I went out to this commercial plant, they gave me so much food that I could eat myself to a weight loss. But when I couldn't understand, but when I lied to the leader, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Here's a food diary. Write down your food for the next week. We'll see it. And of course, I came in with a weight loss because I wasn't about to tell him either what I was doing. Now, at one point, I, I was seeing somebody, and I thought they were just being friendly by going out with me. I had gone back to school. I had, you know, I had graduated. I, I, I picked up another relationship, 
And this person reminded me later, she didn't. She told me she didn't care about the weight. That she saw something in me beyond the weight that she, that she really liked me. And I found out years later there were other women also that would have gone out with me despite the weight. And I, and I couldn't really do anything about it. it was, I was past the time. I had gotten, I had graduated from school, got married, was living on my own with my wife, you know, employed now, and I was gaining the weight little by little and not being able to stop. I would have breakfast at home, go down to work, stop off at the coffee shop, have a second breakfast. I would leave. I would have lunch with me, lunch with me, and then go out later for another lunch. That's exactly what I was doing, gaining the weight. It came a time that my my wife at the time, she told me about Overeaters Anonymous. She knew all about the 12-step programs. And I went just for the approval. The this, this serenity prayer, the steps, the traditions, they never made sense to me. I just, you know, I stayed there for, I stayed there like a lump in the log, sitting in the back of my room, didn't talk to too many people. The minute, you know, the only times I was abstinent was during the meetings. I could, you know, I eat before. I couldn't wait to get out to go back to another store to get the meat, you know, to get my my fill of the food. I would come home. I would tell my wife all about the meetings. And the weird thing was, when I stopped going, I was still telling my wife that I was going to the meetings and making up such qualifications and keeping track of the step meetings so that I could tell her what was going on until some, one day somebody blew the whistle. I was coming home early from the meeting, and I was binging. And that blew the whole thing, and she realized she could not do anything. What got, yeah. So what got me into program was the fact that I had gotten so heavy, we could not go away on vacations. I couldn't get clothes. Yeah, and we couldn't go away on vacations because I couldn't fit behind the wheel of a car anymore. They couldn't block the seats anymore. The airlines, I was beyond the extensions. And I could hardly do anything. And I felt that my job was in danger also. So what had got me into the program that time was I hit my bottom. Somebody told me about a treatment center. I am from New York. It was out on Long Island. And I, and I literally called them up desperate. I said, I have to come in. I can't, you know, I can't. Stop the eating. I can't do my job anymore. I can't walk. We can't go away. I'm 471 pounds by this time. They said they didn't have any room. I said, you will make the room because I'm showing up at your doorstep Monday morning. They made the room. But no thoughts of going to OA. I figured I would dry out, get back on track. I'd go back to the commercial plan. First, they told me, don't go back to that. And I couldn't understand why, but I listened. Somebody told me, listen to what they're telling me. They had to step to the traditions, they had the OA meetings, and this time I came back in earnest. You know, I came back to the meeting that I started with on a Saturday morning. I took on a sponsor, I worked the steps, and I had the greatest gift of all, which was the gift of service. And, these, and that is what has kept me going there. And I was lift, but the problem was I was not really doing the work for the steps because I was living off a pink cloud. I said, I've got it already. I don't have to work the steps like they say. And sure enough, 
after 14 months, I came home from work one morning, and the pink cloud burst when I found my wife in bed, the victim of an attempted suicide. And I lost everything. Within two weeks of visiting in the hospital, there was a, a food store. They had advertisers, three items for a dollar, and I went for it. Then with the recovery, I was getting the weight back. I couldn't stop. I had lost my job because of my, because of my food issues. The marriage did break up. <clears throat> we divorced. Fortunately, we were good friends. And I, and I was on disability for the, next, for the next 11 years. What had got me back into treatment again, you know, my recovery, was that somebody was in the... Somebody was in the treatment center again, and I had called up my insurance company. I was on disability. They would not pay for it because I was in treatment before and it didn't work. It took me two years to fight with them. They said, we won't pay for it at first. We will pay for gastric bypass. I said, no, thank you. Because of the fact that I knew I'd still be binging, I would obsess about the food. I said, I'm over five, I'm 500 some odd pounds. How do I get around? We'll get you a scooter. I took it because it now broke the isolation. I was no longer housebound. I was able to get out of the house. I was able to get to meetings, but the problem was I was getting out for the cheaper binge foods. I, my friend of mine was in a treatment center. I finally, after two years, they agreed to pay for it. 30 days. My father was sick. My mother had already passed away. I said, you take care of yourself. I'm going down there. I had gone down there. It was a different treatment center. I learned to take care of the apartment we lived in. I learned to cook and to do that. And I went to all the meetings. And I started. And they took out two things. Hi, Scott. You have five minutes. Already? They took me and they took sugar and flour out out of my proper plan. And, and they taught me to weigh and measure religiously, which I still do, and to put the recovery first. When I got home, that's exactly what I did. I went back to the meetings. I took on my service. And then I started to move up to world, to region, to intergroup region, and then to world service on, my, on service. I, I, I would not help my father unless I helped myself first. I went to my meetings despite the fact that he thought my meetings were more important than he was. Anyone know something? He was right. They are more important because they kept me going, and I was able in the frame of mind to help him. Through the program, I've gotten the the physical and the mental freedoms that I never had. I have gotten back to, you know, I had gotten back to work without even job hunting through a state office, I, I have now passed 15 years of my job to do a very stressful job without going to the food. Without going to the food, I, ne- I do not eat over the stress, and I, I do not eat over stress. I do not over the feelings. Because nothing is worth it. Nothing, you know, the binging will not change anything, and I have been strong. And at a time when I was 35, the doctor said, if you want to live to see 40, you'd better do something about the weight. It was 40, it was 40 years, years old when I came into program for good. I am now, I, later this year, I, 
I am turning 70 years old, and I'm looking to retire. That is the beauty of being abstinent, and for this job, you know, it's given me quite a life. Other than that, I know how to treat, I've learned more how to treat people, how to treat my feelings, how to feel for other people, make amends when they make a mistake, and admit to any of my mistakes, and that is what has helped me keep my friends, keep my job, and my, on my job, they know I, what I'm doing, they know I'm here. So what I'd like to tell everybody is, if you're a newcomer, if you're struggling with your abstinence, please keep coming back. It's going to click and be strong. If you have some good, strong recovery, you have to stay here to keep it going, to keep it going. I'm very grateful for all the support I've ever had with this program, and I'd like to leave everybody here and hear from everybody else. And would you like to leave your contact info, Scott? Yes. I, I, I am on Eastern Time, being that I'm from New York City. My, phone, my cell phone number is 718-877-4898. I'm open for calls and texts. You know, if I can't pick up, leave a message. <laughs> 